Stand together and sing hymn number 600 or 363 at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Hymn number 363. Let's sing it out tonight. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I'd learn. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. that drew salvation's plan oh the grace that brought it down to man oh the mighty gulf that god did spend at calvary sing it out tonight mercy there was great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Amen. Amen. Good to see you tonight. Looking forward to this fellowship as always. Um, an important time for God's people and a sweet time. And, and I, I hope your heart is open for all that God has for you. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Amen. Brother Dalton, he's going to open in prayer for us, please, if you would, brother. Amen. Be seated. As you're being seated, hymn number 243, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross on Which the Prince of Glory Died. That's 243. Let's sing it out tonight.
Thank you for being here. May we see where you're seated. If you're a guest of Beacon Baptist Church, just raise your hands really high if you're a guest here today, tonight. God bless you, and thank you for being here. Good to see you guys, as always. Hebrews chapter, well, actually, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to have you turn there. I'll be reading from Hebrews 9 earlier, but you'll be looking at Ephesians 1 with me. That will be our main uh, secondary text, so I hope you'll turn there ahead now. VBS, July the 10th, and sign up in the foyer, and then register your young people online. For the seniors who are graduating, we need 15 to 20 pictures for the Senior Night Slideshow. Get those to Lucia as soon as possible. And Lucia, there's one on my desk, or on Marcella's desk, a, a zip drive, if you want to go get that after church. Also, teen, college, and career ladies. You have a painting activity Saturday, April the 15th, after visitation until 4 o'clock. Bring clothes to paint in. Cost us $5. See Maddie if you have any questions about that. In next Sunday's bulletin, you're going to see a little... A clip in there that will give you directions or help at least a connection um, if you want to help support financially Brother Dent's ministry as you know he quit his job years ago and as an attorney and it's full-time pretty much full-time street preaching and so um, that'll be in the bulls so keep an eye out for that we'll give you more information about that later but it's a good way it's the best way I've seen yet so far to help um, to support some of those expenses that are there and again, to our visitors here, your honor guests, truly. We thank the Lord for your being here. Let's sing to the Lord again. We're going to observe the communion time. Be in a prayerful heart as we do so. Let's stand together again, please. Hymn number 230. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. 230. Glory to his name. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name Glory to His name Glory to His name There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name I am so wondrously saved from sin Jesus so sweetly abides within There at the cross where He took me in Glory to His name Glory to His name Glory to His name There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name Come to this fountain so rich and sweet Thy poor soul at the Savior's feet Plunge in today and be made complete Glory to His name Glory to His name Glory to His name There to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to look together in a moment, as I mentioned in the book of Ephesians. But for the first text, I want to read a familiar 
text from Hebrews chapter 9, and you listen as I read along, Hebrews chapter 9, and it says this in verse 11, but Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, wait a minute. I want you to think about for a moment the glory and the power of these two words in that verse. Eternal and redemption. Now, there are a lot of things that are eternal. Heaven is eternal. The Trinity is eternal. The Word of God is eternal. But that in itself isn't a personal thing yet. And there also are a lot of things that the word redemption could apply to. But when you put them together, when it says that by the blood of Christ we have, quote, eternal redemption. And the Bible says that that is obtained for us. You can have, you do have if you're saved, eternal redemption. And how is eternal redemption obtained? Well, we just read it. Verse 13 says, by his own blood. Ephesians 1, you're there, I think, and I want you to look with me. Because the same emphasis on redemption and the blood of Christ is, is found in this text. Ephesians 1, verse 7 says, in whom, this is Jesus, in Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood. There it is again, redemption. It's a word, of course, that means to buy, to purchase. And more specifically, if you know this text, it means to buy back. If you look at verse 14 of chapter 1, it says this, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. The purchased possession. By the way, you may notice in this text that there's actually five words that are very familiar to the financial world. We just read the word earnest, the word redemption, the word inheritance, the word purchase, and the word possession. I'm reminded of the lady who came to her bank and said, I want to I dispose of a $1,000 bond. And the, and the clerk said to her, said, is that bond for redemption or conversion? And she said, is this the First National Bank or the First Baptist Church? <laughs> but it's true, right? So often in the Word of God, you'll find terminology that's found also in the world of finance. After all, beloved, God is in the business of redeeming, purchasing, converting, and saving lost people. But note this carefully because this is a business of glory. This is a business of glory that is wrought by God through the power of one singular act. Chapter 1, again, look at verse 18. It says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. You know, most of us know what it's like to buy something to purchase something and not be satisfied with it. Years ago, I spoke a message on the subject, did God get what he paid for? 
He paid for you with the blood of Christ. And maybe you've bought something and you know, maybe it was a, a meal at a restaurant and you sent it back. Maybe it was a gizmo from Ronco that slices and dices. It doesn't slice, it barely dices. And you're like, I didn't get what I paid for. Maybe you purchased a car and it turned out to be a lemon. Whatever the case, you know what it is not to get what you paid for. And as we look at this text tonight, there are three things that stand out concerning God's purchased possession and this work, this glorious work of God's redemption. The first one you'll notice, number one, concerns the price, of course, that God paid. That's why we're here at this table right now. Look at verse 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Every purchased possession obviously has a settled price. You pay a specific cost of a specific item if you want to own that thing. You know, according to the Bible, the price that God paid for your redemption? Redemption. Redeemed. Back from the world. Back from Satan. Back from bondage. The purchase for that, the price that He paid, was nothing less than the shed blood of His own Son, the Lord Jesus. God's only begotten Son. In Paul's letter to Timothy, he says that the one mediator between God and men is the man Christ Jesus who, quote, gave himself a ransom for all. In other words, your salvation, my salvation, your soul, your redemption was the single most expensive thing in the entire universe. Think of that. 1 Peter 1.18 tells us that God did not redeem us with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but rather with the precious blood of Christ. Precious blood. That's a word chosen by the Holy Spirit. We were not bought back with any amount of gold, any amount of silver, but the precious blood of Jesus. The crucifixion of God's only begotten Son. And so we sing the song, And when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat, Jesus paid it all. And He did. God took a look at you. Man realized what it would cost to buy you back and so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. And God's people said, Amen. Communion is a time by God's design, of course, to remember this price. To remember that you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That God Himself came into this world. That the Father sent His Son. And that He came into this world and took upon the form of flesh so that He could suffer and bleed and die, having never committed a sin for our salvation. The first thing that Jesus took at that last Passover was a piece of unleavened bread. Leaven is a picture in the Old Testament of sin. And so unleavened bread, the perfect body, the sinless life and body of our Lord. And he took that Passover bread that had been a symbol, really, looking forward for centuries of him. And he said, I want you to remember, I want you to take this bread as often as you will and remember that I gave my body for you. And we're going to do that tonight in remembrance of him. I'm going to ask Mike Chung to stand, please, if he would. He's going to ask God's blessing upon the bread. And when he says amen, I think the girls are going to sing a song. But when he says amen, I want you to look at the same text in Ephesians chapter 1, Brother Mike.
It has always been hard for me to understand how people can believe, say that they believe, that Jesus paid for their salvation with his own blood, therefore salvation is by grace and through his mercy, but that somehow his blood wasn't really enough. They wouldn't necessarily flat out say that, a few do, but effectively it's what they believe, because they believe that they had to help by adding baptism or a sacrament, some good work to the cost of their salvation. No, they didn't. No, they can't. The hymn is correct. Jesus paid it all. Paid it all. It's also correct when it says, therefore, all to him I owe. You know, it cost just as much for God to redeem the thief on that cross as to redeem Nicodemus, that very, well, that very religious high priest. And there are no clearance sales. There are no bargains. There are no going out of business sales. The truth of the matter is we were all going out of business forever when God stepped in. In fact, there's another financial term in verse 7 that's crucial to every one of us here tonight. Verse 7 says, "...in whom we have redemption through his blood." the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The forgiveness. 
Do you know what it means to be forgiven of a debt? You owed something you could not pay. He paid something he did not owe. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, which means made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Trespasses and sins. Our sins put us into eternal debt. That debt has rendered us spiritually from birth dead. Dead. Dead people can't pay debts. By the way, that's why there's another financial term that is desperately needed. Chapter 2 again, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, forgiveness according to the riches, rich in mercy, the riches of His grace, is not according to what we could afford. It's not according to what we can or can't add. It's according to His riches. And specifically, the riches of His grace and His mercy that we are redeemed. The Norths have been attending faithfully and Brother Jeff pastored many, many years. And I've asked him and later someone else to give a salvation, a word of salvation, testimony. Um, whatever the Lord's laid on your heart, Brother, Brother Jeff, please. So, um, many of you have probably seen me around here. Um, We've been attending here probably since last July, I guess, something like that. Off and on, we're snowbirds. We travel back and forth between New York and here. And, um, but, you know, Pastor just mentioned about uh, Ephesians 2.1, quickened, made alive in Christ. You he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, just a, a good kid, living a good life in a good family, had good parents, everything good, everything good. And yet, I was lost in sin, grew up in the church. I was born in the back pew of an independent Baptist church in Brooklyn, New York. You believe that, right? Not really. But it seemed like that. Went to church all my life, and yet I needed to be saved. One day, my dad took me and my brothers to a Jack Wurtzen rally in Manhattan, New York. At that time, in the mid-60s, Jack Wurtzen from Word of Life was having these rallies every week in the Calvary Baptist Church in Manhattan. We went there heard the message. I cannot even tell you what was preached that night. All I know is when the invitation came, I got up and went forward and gave my life to Christ. And God saved me on that day. But I was a good kid. I was a good person, never did anything wrong, never stole anything much. (laughs) But, and yet I needed to be saved and God saved me. So I'm thankful that, that he did that. Uh, Years later, of course, I married my wife. That's why we're living together. So, and God God graciously called me to preach. Um, And uh, we went off to Bible school and went there and came back to our home church. And um, 
took over that position as pastor of First Baptist Church of Hicksville, New York for 24 years. And uh, now we're snowbirds, retired here, and, um, and still saved. And God is still saving. And God is still working, changing lives in people. I've seen it so in countless numbers of people preaching, teaching the word of God. It is such a joy to be able to do that. And I thank you for the opportunity tonight. God's people said, amen. So, you know, a young man grew up in church. Young people hear this. God has no grandchildren. Only children. You have to be saved. Well, not that dad is or grandpa is. You have a grandma. You have to be saved. And for those of us who were listening to Brother Jeff a moment ago, who have been saved, you know, it doesn't matter. I can hear anybody and everybody's testimony a hundred times, and I thrill every time. Because they're all the same. We're all lost. We're all hopeless and helpless. And we all come to the realization that Christ paid the debt. And it's by faith through his grace. You know, when Jesus said, I want you to remember the cost... I believe he was talking about all of it. I believe he was talking about his body being beaten, the cat of nine tails, the buffeting, those Roman soldiers on his face. You understand that other people have been beaten up. Other people have suffered the cat of nine tails, but none of them were sinless. None of them came from glory and willingly gave their perfect sinless self In such a brutal and shameful way, his body was broken. And yes, we do remember, and we are grateful. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for Brother Jeff's testimony, because it reminds us of our testimony. That we were lost without hope, that didn't matter if dad or mom was saved or if we were better than the neighbor, that we needed redemption. Thank you for our testimony through Christ. We praise you, Lord, for in your great wisdom, this plan of salvation, the lamb slain before the foundations of the world, this plan of salvation It's perfect. And because it's perfect, it's eternal. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In that upper room, again, the Passover, which was effectively the fulfilled Passover, if you will. The Lord, after he passed the bread, took the cup. In the Gospels, it's called the cup. In the Epistles, it's called the fruit of the vine. And he took that element and he said, this is going to picture my blood, which is shed for you. I'm going to ask Brother Kevin, if he would, to stand and ask God's blessing upon the juice. And we'll pass that out. Here in Ephesians chapter 2, let's read together what you may have just read a moment ago. Beginning at verse 4, you can just listen. It says, but God, wonderful two words amen we were because you know the verse before says we were children of wrath we deserved wrath ourselves but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us 
Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. You are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I don't know about you, but I never tire of hearing those words. I never tire of these truths. And I have to tell you, it's one of the reasons why, frankly, you don't have to struggle ever with my self-esteem. Oh, my self-esteem. You know, I'm a lowly, rotten, no-good sinner, but look how much God paid for my redemption. Look what the God of the universe paid to buy back this lowly wretch of a sinner. And of course, there's no room for pride in that either because he paid just as much for Brother Nick, Brother Chris, Brother Wooster. The important thing is he paid the price and beloved, he paid it all. He willingly paid it. And since it was according to the riches of His grace, He would have paid more if He had to. We like to buy things according to evaluation. Is this worth it to me or is it not? I noticed the other day an advertisement for Easter brunch this next Sunday. If you want a really good Easter brunch, it's at the Breakers. It's $195 per person. Now, not to worry, kids under 12 are $85. <laughs> now, I know it serves, I read it, it serves sushi, caviar, Maine lobster, 30 decadent desserts, lamb chops, beef tenderloin, 20 imported cheeses, and on and on, mimosas, champagne. But still, at $195 and then the $40 tip, who can eat 30 desserts? I mean, I would be willing to try, but <laughs> this is after you've already gorged on omelets and beef and stone crabs. I look at that and I say, it's not worth it. There's not a chance it's worth it. You walk away, an hour later, you're hungry, and you're like, man, my wallet's light. <laughs> Somehow, however, God saw you and decided it was worth it for his glory to buy you at the highest, not $195, at infinite cost. Back again at chapter 1, that verse we read earlier, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Notice that last line, the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. When I was in graduate school, we had to read and study several tedious, very boring books on psychology. And you know, the one thing, I guess even the only thing that it seemed to me they all agreed upon was the fact that the human soul has two fundamental needs. One is to be loved, 
and the other is to have a purpose. Do you know that ever since Jesus bought and redeemed me and I came to him in faith, I've got both of those covered. I know I'm loved, and for eternity I have a purpose, and so do you. But I suppose, again, the question is, did he get what he paid for? Have you begun to live under the praise of his glory? Which, of course, introduces another financial term that we just read. Look at it again, chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed. You trust, you believe. That's salvation. But then it says this. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest so now God says that, God, that He has given to every believer the seal of the Holy Spirit as the earnest. That's the proof, if you will. That's the deposit, the evidence that you are His purchased possession. Isn't that a great thing to know? And to realize? The first time that you did something after you got saved that you used to do before you got saved. Something that was clearly wrong and you knew it. Now you have something in here. Right? Convicting you that it's wrong. What is that, Pastor? That's the presence of God through His Holy Spirit to remind you that you're not your own. That you were bought with a price. That you've been redeemed. In the old life, you may not have felt bad at all about reading a Bible or going to church or praying. Sure you didn't. But now you do. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit reminds you that you're not your own. So that the key really to all of this, the key is not only to Christ's love and redeem you for eternity, but He redeemed all of you. As they say, lock, stock, and barrel. I remember when I bought Louise's engagement ring and wedding band at Comey's Jewelry in Maryville, Indiana in 1978. When I say bought, what I really did was every week, after payday, I would go down to the mall and I would walk into Comey's and I would put down $10. If it was a good week, I'd put down $20. And I would do this week after week after week, always chipping away at the original cost. And you know, I never did get to take part of it with me. They never said, here, take the setting, we'll keep the stone. You've paid for, you know, a portion of it. Go ahead and take some of it. No, it was all or nothing. And I remember after several months, about seven months, giving over and over. I remember the great day. What a day it was for me. That great day when I paid the last $20 and it was stamped on the bill in red letters, paid in full. And that ring was mine. Actually, it was hers, but you know. (laughs) Paid in full is said right there on the receipt. And it was then that I could take the entire possession. And you know, beloved, we said it earlier, but it is true. Our Lord, the Lord Jesus, whom we're celebrating tonight, paid the entire price for you. All of it. I've been thinking about the word almost. You do realize how powerful and significant the word almost really is in the English language. For example, the word almost can either be a reason for bitter tears or great joy, depending on whether or not you're on the top of the almost or like looking down from the bottom of the almost. The team that almost 
one during the final four is depressed. So they almost won, doesn't matter. The team that almost loses is elated. Satan hates it when a Christian almost does wrong. Satan loves it when a Christian almost does right. It's an amazing word. And one of the things we need to know tonight and be reminded of is that God didn't almost own us. He did not almost pay the price. And it ought not to be that we are almost dedicated to him. He paid for our sins and gave us eternal life by faith in him. And again, the question to all of us is, is he getting what he paid for? Brother Rick Hatcher is going to give his salvation testimony. The Hatchers have been members here before I came. Stephen Llewellyn were members. He was a deacon, still is. And I got to watch these young boys and young lady grow up to become men of God. Brother Rick, please. So reading Ephesians chapter 2 is one of my favorite uh, passages in verse 5 where it says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And when I was thinking of the word grace, of course the acronym God's Riches, but as pastor's been talking about at Christ's expense. And it got me to think about, obviously, um, my salvation, salvation testimony. And obviously all of us have a different story. My story was as a five-year-old boy, um, obviously growing up in a, in a wonderful Christian home, hearing the gospel several times, but um, Sunday school with Mrs. Ballou uh, in her fours and fives class, um, she shared the gospel. And again, I don't remember um, what was said necessarily, but I knew that the Lord was working on my heart. And she said, if anyone uh, would like to hear more, just stay behind, raise your hand, and you know, stay behind. So she sent the rest of the class out, and she dealt with me, and I accepted Christ as my Savior that day. And so as I, as I think about this verse, God's riches at Christ's expense, um, the phrase as I look around this room and I see people who have invested in my life. Um, I would say with Paul, I am debtor. I'm debtor to, to Christ for what he did on the cross for my sins. As I look around the room, I'm debtor to, to people in this room. You know, several stories I could go, I mean, <laughs> we don't have all day, right? Um, so thank you. Thank you for the influence and the blessing you've had in my life. And hopefully that's reciprocated. Debtor to pastor. You know, debtor to, to just so many people. And it's truly because of God's grace that we can all have a similar story. We're all debtor to somebody. And, and God's riches, but it's at Christ's expense. He gave it all. And as, as the song says, all to him I owe. And so um, that's, that's the salvation. Amen. God's people said? Amen. He had his zero minutes to repair. I asked him just before church. If he'd say a word, I love this brother. There's not a harder worker in the ministry that I've ever known than Rick Hatcher, and I thank God for him getting saved at five years of age. I thank God for his parents being faithful to preach, teach, and live the gospel, and for Sunday school teachers who felt like and knew that their, their calling was important, even in fours and fives. You have a salvation testimony. If you're saved tonight, you know this. You would not be here were it not for the blood of Jesus Christ. 
You would not be here. You would not be saved. You would not be on your way to heaven. And this glorious promise that we have this eternal purpose in God. The ages to come. Isn't that great? He might show through you the power of salvation. Would not have any of it were it not for the blood of Christ. And Jesus said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Lord, I'm reminded of what you told the, the disciples in that upper room to do this as oft as you will, that he, that you, Lord, would not drink this cup again until we drink it together in the kingdom. Wow. A promise that we claim tonight, a promise that we look forward to, that every time we take communion, it's a reminder that one day we'll be with you in the kingdom, in the kingdom, and what a joy. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood and giving your body. And thank you for the resurrection and the seal and the earnest of the Holy Spirit. We love you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.